Hey, Ta, how's it, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Freedom Fanatics. I'm Alex, your host, and with me, my awesome colleagues, Sholin and Tiefo. And today, we are tackling some very interesting stories, something that's a little bit close to home. We're going to be tackling the use of the internet and regulation that has just been introduced, as well as reflecting on Human Rights Day, and then we'll see what we can, can squeeze in after that. So without further ado, gents, um, the we have the story from the from, from business tech and it says that Africa has introduced a new inter internet censorship laws um now what they are referring to here is uh the film and publication amendment act uh which came into effect at the beginning, beginning of this month um so it's it's in in effect and essentially just to give some background before we, we tackle it is that the, the the government has said that the act is set to transform the film and publication board, which is currently uh, has previously been in existence, to regulate content. Um, you know, when you have like eighteen VSN, those kind of things. That that's what they do, mm -hmm. um, and they are expanding its mandate uh, and migrating it from a simple classification of authority to a fully fledged regulator with the legitimate powers to issue and renew license certificates, accredited distributors, and impose fines in case of non-compliance. So essentially what they're doing is to try and adjust toward to the fourth industrial revolution um, and, and sort of try and regulate uh, content distributed online. Now, I'll just go through some of the key changes that, are be, that have been introduced through the legislation. Um, so the act gives the, the the publications board the power to regulate almost all online content published in South Africa. Let's just take a moment to think how much content is published online. Um, it uh, all online distributors will be required to register with it with the publication board for classification. Um, and then there, there's some other stuff. It, it's intended to limit the amount, the ability for the distribution of uh, pornography and revenge porn um when people you know maybe send some private uh niceties to their partners and then later on they break up and they're not so nice with each other and they, they share that uh, that content so they're trying to uh, trying to do that there's also a hate speech clause in which any medium which amounts to propaganda for war incites intimate violence advocates for hate speech shall be guilty of an offense now i think we can all agree that you know wanting to to tackle something like child pornography and, and making sure people are, you know, safe is, is an admirable thing. But gents, I think here, what, as, as, the, as the, the article's sort of headlines, you know, is a tantamount to censorship. Um, and, you know, we, we've got issues of, of regulation at play here. Um, so, I mean, obviously we've had a recent exposure to regulation through something like uh, lockdowns, which is maybe a severe, version of it but uh, let me come to you i mean the idea of the government controlling what is published um where where do you think it's its limits lie just kind of broadly in your personal life how would you how do you feel about this kind of this kind of legislation well i i don't think i can speak to the legis the legislation in and of itself mm -hmm. i honestly have not had the time to to read through it 
But if, mm-hmm. if, 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 if the whole idea behind the legislation is to censor people from saying certain things because government does not agree with the views, then that would be quite, quite unfortunate and quite problematic, something that we should not allow um, to happen as mm-hmm. citizens of the country. But in the instance that government wants to regulate uh, 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 things that are said, things that are harmful in particular, then I don't, I don't, I don't see where where the problem would lie. There, mm. it would, it would take in, it would take reading the the, the 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 legislation and understanding it thoroughly to 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 make a a a, a useful comment around this. Sure, mm. no, for sure. But I mean, Shannon, if I mean, if if we, we think about the kind of content that that you can find online, I mean, it's 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 bottomless, really. Um, yeah, you know, there. I think there's definitely a case to be made for for wanting to ensure that uh, people are not ex- exposed to to harm. But you know, in a way, does it not take away a bit of the agency of the individual to decide what what is and what isn't harmful, and maybe finding avenues to to at least complain about it or layer lay some sort of you know yeah exactly just just sort of express how they feel about it and maybe have avenues there to deal with it. Yeah, I agree with you, Alex, for sure, because, listen, when it comes to things like regulation and the government, um, it's, always a re- it's always a red flag, especially when it comes mm. to the regulation of speech. Because, I mean, yeah, fan, we believe that free speech um, also includes speech that we do not agree with um, and speech that people might find controversial. And sitting on the sidelines, as you say, and letting the government um, monitor what you see on social media, what you can or you can't say, that's setting a rather dangerous precedent because, I mean, I'm a great supporter of digital social media platforms, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because it allows us to express ourselves freely. And that's what we here at FAN do, essentially. Um, but when it comes to the censorship, um, it is rather a threat to our ability to express ourselves and to debate freely. Because what if I share my favorite meme or offside joke um, about the ANC or the government? Will they then just ban it and stop me from using the internet? Um, because then everything we say um, will be problematic. And how far will it extend? Will it only mm. be on public platforms? Or will they eventually have the power to regulate our WhatsApp groups? Um, what messages are seen privately like those are that's a slippery slope we may go down and then an important question i also have is they have this big um grand plans to essentially regulate our social media activity but do they actually have the capacity to regulate this all of the social media content Mm. Um, happening in south africa because i mean my god they're talking about the fourth industrial revolution they can't even get, give us electricity, bro. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, they can't at least, at home properly. Well, like, at least if there's no electricity, then you can't charge your phone, so you can't watch your social media <laughs> or put out your propaganda. So exactly, problem solved. Then I'm missing out on my. Then I'm missing out on all of my TikToks. Then oh, yes. <laughs> so they actually just they, they have more important things to focus on um, than trying to regulate people's speech on mm. social media. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Teko, the one thing that struck me, and, and Sholin and I deal a lot with this, obviously, in, in using yeah. social media as a platform to to put forward fans' fans uh, ideas and, and re- to reach out to audiences, 
And we often get issues with community guidelines on the platforms mm -hmm. themselves. So we, we see that there are mechanisms within the infrastructure that allow for people to complain, allow for people to, to put up, to flag content. Is, is this just a way for the government to, to look like they're doing something? Um, mm -hmm. You know, if we, let's think about something like the SABC, it's, it's not in a great shape financially or from a from a, a sort of well i guess financially in, in in its ability to see through its mandate um you know is it just kind of trying to pick small battles without any real uh it, it in without any real advantages in the sense that we speak about you know Sean wants to watch his tiktoks um and the internet is also a great space for people to express themselves for these avenues to generate income through content production is it is this misguided um, or is it just trying to, does it mean well or is it a bit far-fetched? Sure. Well, I think, I think it takes me back to the first point. It would really, really take me reading the, 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 the amendment to the act, understanding exactly what, what, what's being proposed. And yeah, that's only when I can arrive at such a conclusion. But I think an important thing to note from my understanding of the whole act uh, the act does not seek to regulate everyone and anyone who's on social media. I think it's particularly made for commercial distributors from what I've read and understood, right? So as to whether it's a necessary amendment or not, it would, it would really take me reading the, 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 the amendments. Then we can, yeah, we can have a conversation as to whether I think the amendments are necessary or not. Sure. sure. Yeah. I also want to say something on that. You raised an important point there about the fact that it's aimed primarily at the commercial um, distributors on social media, because those are essentially people that use social media to do their business. Um, because, I'm, you know, these things like Facebook Marketplace, um, Instagram as um, like essentially Instagram shops, um, these people who generate, who advertise their businesses on Facebook and Instagram and all of these platforms. And I think we shouldn't also be making it more difficult for people to be doing the business, um, especially if they are, if it comes out of an entrepreneurial um, mm. spirit of them trying to sell things that they make at home. Um, they don't need added regulation of, oh no, I first need to go check with the government. Can I mm. sell this on IG? Like they don't need that I I anymore um, because things are really difficult. Um, to do business in South Africa anyway. So yeah, that's my thought on that one as well. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's quite an interesting case study because I think there's definitely an argument to be made for regulation. Um, you know, obviously at FAN, we don't believe that, you know, the government shouldn't exist and, and everyone should yeah. be able to, to do whatever they think. So I think it's just an important thing to, to, to keep track of. And hopefully here at FAN, we, we can sort of break it down as it, as it materializes. Uh, because, mm -hmm. you know, if we spend all our days kind of following politics and advocating for freedom, you know, if we, if we can't make sense of these things, then, uh, then, yeah. there, then there's obviously a bit of an issue or we just need to introspect a little bit. But guys, let's, let, let, let's, let's move along. Um, you know, we, we're recording this episode after a long weekend. Um, and, that is because we ex had Human Rights Day yesterday, yeah. um, which which is which is an unusual name for for a day that actually commemorates quite a significant event uh, in South Africa's history, um, and that is the Sharpeville massacre 
of 1960. Now, I'm just going to play this this clip, uh, and then we'll we'll jump into discussing the day and, and reflecting on it. It's March 21st, 1960. Police opened fire on 20,000 protesters, killing 69 and injuring over 200. They were unarmed. The crowd was protesting against the pass system that regulated and limited travel and employment for black South Africans in their own country. The crowd also rallied against low wages, high rents and poor living conditions in the townships. The massacre was seen as one of the key events in the fall of apartheid. Today, though, and things seem different. The township of Sharpville is set to get an $8 million facelift from state funds. And when the World Cup comes to town, locals will get to see footballers from the Ivory Coast in Switzerland, training at facilities in the township and its surrounding areas. But the ghosts of 1960 seem to reappear earlier this year when Sharpville residents torched cars and clashed with the police, citing poor living conditions and the government's inability to provide the most basic services. Half a century on from the event that was so instrumental in shaping its history, tough questions remain for the Rainbow Nation. But this time, at its root cause is poverty, not racism. All right, so let, let, let's leave it there. So I think, obviously, you know, this is... I think, I think there's some very interesting points raised. I think it's it's important to to acknowledge um, the day that, that was commemorated yesterday uh, for what it represents. Obviously, past laws was a massive restriction on the freedom of movement um, for, for black South Africans during apartheid. And that was systemic, systematic, rather, racism. We chatted a bit about it last week. That was systematic racism at its finest. That That is, that is the clincher. That is exactly what it what it was um Tioko, let, let's let's start with you um your reflections on human rights day just to start off with and maybe its importance um in how people think about uh you know south africa in 2022 mm -hmm. sure well Human rights, I think let's begin with human rights, right? And human rights are rights that are fundamental to our lives as human beings. Mm. And this right attempt to create a decent environment for us to exist in and to try by all means necessary to, 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 to protect us from being discriminated against in any means and, 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 and in any way, right? And Freedom Day in South Africa is very much linked to the 1st of March, 1960, as we have seen events that took place in, 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 in Chapville when, 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 when numbers of, 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 of protesters were murdered uh, for protesting against the, 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 the past law mainly. And so it's, 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 it's for me personally, it's disappointing that the day has sort of just lost its meaning. Mm -hmm. We have gotten to a point whereby young people don't even know what, 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 what the, day, the 21st of March every year that we celebrate as Human Rights Day mm -hmm. represents. But I think it's a deliberate thing on the part mm -hmm. of the government, of course, mm -hmm. to do away with, 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 with the whole meaning behind the day and just turn it into a parting day in a way so 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 young people can move away from politics and not strongly engage them around what they stood for in 1960 
and what they are what they currently stand for as an organization i mean the african national congress in 1960 was out and about fighting for people's freedoms and yet here we are today they are the very people who are violating our freedoms. so i i personally think that there is this deliberate thing to keep young people uninformed and away from this politics so we don't question them today as as the government of the day so it's it's, it's disappointing really yeah for sure i mean Shalin, i guess in a way you know giving people the day off to 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 party and chill is kind of the ultimate expression of freedom um for which people um fought fought for it and and unfortunately many people died to to attain uh, the ability uh to to move and live freely um mm -hmm. What, what what are your thoughts around um, the the not so much the day itself, but rather um, you know in twenty twenty two you know obviously the, it, it's a far cry from from past laws what we experience today. Um, it, we we do live in a democracy in a free society, but what are some of the challenges to that you think are facing young people in ham sort of hamstringing their ability to to get to earn a de decent living? to get a good education um, and uh, yeah, one of those good things. Yeah, no, for sure. I think human rights, they, you know, it is rooted in, for South Africans especially, it's rooted in the Shravel massacre and the fact that so many people actually died, literally died, to uh, in protest against things like the past laws which gave the government the ability to control how people move and when they move there. Um, and under which circumstances they are allowed to move. And I mean, in our constitution, we have the Bill of Rights, and which essentially enshrines our, our, our freedom of movement, our freedom of expression, um, our freedom of um, religion, um, you know, the ability to get a basic education and the right to have political rights, essentially, and to mm -hmm. exercise those rights. And I mean, that's why that should be a cause of celebration that we are able to actually achieve these things are in our constitution. But what's more important is the ability for us to actually um, exercise those rights um, in reality. Because if we just look over the past two years where we essentially had lockdowns and government was once again given the right for us to to, to give, we're given the right essentially to again control the way we we trade. They told us when on what we were allowed to buy, what we were not allowed to um, buy, what we what companies or businesses were allowed to sell um, during lockdown. They told us during which periods of time we can operate, um, mm -hmm. aka a curfew, um, when we are allowed outside of our house and when we are not. Um, you know, they, they were uh, they were allowed to to have this sort of power. And that's why I feel like it's, it's important reminder for us to actually, you know what, we were, we are actually the ones who have power in the individuals, mm -hmm. the ordinary South Africans. We have the right to actually, you know what, while the government's trying to regulate every aspect of mm -hmm. our movement and our trade, we are actually the ones who are supposed to regulate the power of, of the state, of government. Because as you say, we are believers that the state and government has an essential role to play in society however it is a limited role that it needs to play and that's why i feel like this past um human rights day should have served as an important reminder for the rights that was hard 
that was fought for and that was literally died for. And mm. as the year mentions that, it's a sad reality to know that so many youth are not aware of the true meaning of Human Rights Day that is not just another holiday to lounge um, on the couch and play PS4. <laughs> for sure no I, 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 the general gist I'm, I'm getting from you guys is that and i think to to link the two topics together is that it's important to to value freedom and i think it's also important to to mm-hmm. always be on guard you know something like we don't fully understand the the fullman publications board act just yet um uh the, sorry the the amendment bill um but you know the it's important to be alert to what's going on to protect those hard fought for uh, freedoms. Now, just very briefly, Teho, we just in, in a couple of minutes, um, moving along to uh, just our third topic is you have been very active in 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 following the the e-hailing uh, protests that have been going on. Um, you've you've spoken with some of the organisers uh, informally. Um, we we touched on it a few weeks ago. What what is important about this this protest um, that you think our listeners uh, should 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 be aware of. Sure. Well, I think the most important thing about this protest is 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 a concern around the safety of e-hailing um, service drivers, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an issue in areas like Jubek, Pretoria, Deben, and apparently in Pulukwan as well. I wasn't aware until last week, whereby meter takes and minibus taxi drivers pose a danger to 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 e-hailing taxi drivers right the the argument that your meter taxi drivers and minibus drivers make is that e-hailing drivers are here in 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 in, in the transport environment now to take away their jobs to take away their income because mm. uh, it's more convenient for 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 a customer to call an e-hailing taxi driver as opposed to a, a, a minibus or, or a meter taxi driver. So, so, so for me, the most important issue that, that, that the drivers are tackling in the three-day struggle is, in the three-day protest, sorry, is, is, is the issue around safety, their safety, that government should intervene and no one should be allowed to stop another man or woman from making an income simply because mm. uh, they cannot compete with them at the level that the, the, the other person is delivering services at. But of course, we have seen that uh, the, 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 the e-hailing taxi drivers have raised many issues, actually. They've raised issues around uh, salaries, for example, um, 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 salaries that they, made and, that they make and stuff. But obviously, those are concerns between a driver and the particular company that, mm. that, that has hired them. They are really, of course, of concern to fan, but but not something that we would, as an organisation, stand up and want to intervene mm. in. Yeah. Uh, but but the issue of safety and businesses not being able to operate safely in some environments because there are certain citizens who are posing a threat to them. That that's an issue that we are most concerned about and 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 most interested in as far as those strikes and protests are concerned. Sure. For sure, yeah, it's a, it's essentially people's free, freedom of movement, free, freedom to trade, um, and, and freedom and to earn. Sure. Freedom to earn, hundred yes. percent. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much. I think on that note, let us jump Thanks. into this week's episode of Burning Questions.
Mbali, guys. Welcome to this week's edition of Burning Questions. I'm standing in for Mbali today, who, are, who is currently on leave. Um, so, guys, today, this week's uh, quote card is uh, one featuring former Proteus cricketer Makai Antini, and it reads, Nobody would be happy if they thought they were picked because of their color. Now, off the bat, that seems like a pretty logical thing to 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 uh, to portray. Um, Sholin, um, you put together this quote card. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, man, I couldn't agree with him um, more. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm certain that he was actually a brilliant cricketer. But he's also a brilliant free thinker, in my opinion, <laughs> because I I absolutely agree with him. I do not want to be I don't want to be chosen or picked or placed above somebody else just because my um, skin color might be a bit darker than the next person's or might be a bit lighter than the next person. I want to actually be chosen because of my abilities, um, the discipline I portray, and what I'm actually able to bring to the table when it comes to a work or a project or whatever the case may be. Um, those are the reasons why I want to be be chosen. Essentially, I want to be chosen based on merit and not skin color. And the fact that that's an, a controversial thought um, in this day and age blows my mind um, because, I mean, at FAN, we are all, we all believe in non-racialism which is essentially that, you know, people's character matter more than the color of their skin. Mm, absolutely. I think, Teo, you know, we, spoke, we, we, we just reflected in Freedom Fanatics about, on uh, systematic racism per, perpetrated through something like the past laws for which uh, mm -hmm. the, the protesters in Sharpville in the 1960s stood up against. Now, uh, I think, obviously, McIntyre here is referring to, to quotas in, in cricket, in sport. Um, now, what what are your feelings about um, quotas? Because I think a lot of people might say we are redressing the past injustices, such as a racist law that past laws was. Now, is now is it such a bad thing then that now you know we're fighting fire with fire? You know we've got to we've got to tip the the, the scales in the in the other direction. Well, I think quotas are terrible. Quotas are completely terrible. That's that's something I must mention from the start. My my whole thinking around coaches is that we sure we should definitely empower people who were previously disadvantaged uh, by, by, by the apartheid system, by the so-called system of whiteness and stuff. And, 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 but you don't empower people with a job. You don't empower someone who has never played football before by taking them into, 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 into a stadium when there's an important game playing and expect them to play well. You, you empower people by, offering them the skills and knowledge to do something, right? So if, mm -hmm. if, if ever we want to empower someone who, who, who is interested in, in, in getting into the sporting field, for example, and they don't have the right resources and stuff, you don't, you don't take this person and make them part of the national team. You, mm -hmm. you, you, you provide them with, 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 with the support to, and, and help them become those players that could then contest with everyone else to be in the national team. Mm. Education-wise, you don't empower someone with, with a job directly. You empower them with an education, then they, they compete for a mm. job. That's, that's, that's how it's, it's, it's done. You empower people with knowledge and skills, not, not 
Mm. Not that end thing. Not 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 that by putting them in a sport team or giving them a job. It's it's, it's nonsensical. Uh, but regarding yeah. the, the 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 code in itself, personally, in responding to it, I would I would not want to speak for everyone. I think mm. I could only speak for myself that I personally would not appreciate uh, knowing that I have been accepted into the national mm. team of, of of cricket in South Africa on the basis that I am black and nothing else outside that. But of course, there are people who would definitely appreciate that, would celebrate that, and these are people who, for the most part, we see fighting against people like ourselves who are mm. against BE laws and other racial laws. There are many people who are fighting those things and who are benefiting from the, the, the laws as they currently stand. And they don't want to see the laws uh, dismantled because they are benefiting from them. So mm. I personally would not, yeah, would not, not, not be proud of such a situa situation, mm -hmm. but I do think there are people out there who are already proud of, 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 of being given things simply on the basis of their race or gender. And I think, you know, if we look at this, this table from, from uh, research at the Institute of Race Relations, and it's not, not the most up-to-date stats, but the, the, their 2018 field survey showed that the majority of people agree with uh, McIntini's sentiment. And I think that just, it just goes to show that 83% of people think that sports teams should be selected on merit and not quotas, yet uh, the quota system still persists. Um, but one interesting dynamic that this raises, and, and the, we've got a comment here from, 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 one, of our, from one of our Facebook followers, um, and his comment is, the, and his comments generally, you know, we, we see your comments, guys, don't worry, are generally a bit, uh, let's say they are opposed, they're often opposed to what we we think and we suggest and this this comment uh says that it says that people wouldn't want to be selected on their skin color so insinuating that players are picked for their color is where it hurts now correct me if i'm wrong here but in a way sholin that's this that is the whole issue with the system is that it creates this feeling that people are selected because of their race when you remove merit mm -hmm. as the overarching factor yeah no exactly i agree with you um and i love that survey from the um irr and what i what i love about it is that across the board regardless of um, race classification in this case it doesn't matter whether the person is black white indian or colored it, the majority of people agree that merit should be the primary um factor when it comes to the selection of sports teams and not quotas because even if in the fact um that if i have to go undergo life-saving um surgery or something um mm -hmm. i will not be looking at the surgeon's skin color but i will be looking at his ability to actually save my life by performing um the the surgery that's actually required um, you know, to, to improve my health. That's the thing I would be focused on. Um, whether he has a track record of successful surgeries, not because he was previously disadvantaged. Um, and that's why I think it's so, so important that we actually start instilling that thing again, that, you know what, you are, you are, um, you are given an opportunity based on the merit that you have showcased and not because you are not merely because you have more melanin in your skin tone than the next person.
Yeah, and I think what's important, uh, I, I guess a, a, a second takeaway from me for the day is to to base uh, your your judgment of success of a policy or or, or program mm-hmm. on yes. on on its outcomes and not its intentions. Any last thoughts from your side, Tiago, before we wrap up? Well, my my last thoughts relate to the 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 the, the comment that you shared. I, I think it came mm. from Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. I think if 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 that's the conclusion that the author arrives at, we might as well just do away with quotas. Then let's let's mm. let's take them exactly. out. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's take them out. If if they are just sitting there and doing nothing, but they are there to do something, and what they are doing is that they are discriminating against. Persons who are not black and yeah, they, they, they should go away for that reason. For sure. Mm-hmm. Guys, that's all the time for we have for today. As always, you can catch all of our content on our social media platforms at Badger of Liberty. Uh, find us on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, as well as Instagram and Twitter. Guys, thank you so much for joining me and my awesome colleagues, Sholan and Tiejo. And remember that your freedom is worth fighting for. <laughs>